Here we are, we are here. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first sports detention football show. We've been together before, we've been together before, but this is the first official one, and we welcome you all here. So, no longer guests, we have our regulars, we have Potty, Berta, and Cozzy. How are we going, fellas? Fantastic, mate, fantastic, and it is just as I said, fantastic to have the podcast growing this extra leg. Popular demand due to the success of bringing in Cozzy and Berta, and you guys are here. Permanent members, how do you feel, Berta? Oh, what an honour to, to to reach such dizzying heights to have our own show after, what, Cozzy, five or six guest appearances. It's just it's one of the real highlights of my life so far, Cos. Yeah, well, um, I'm looking for the looking forward to the elevated pay scale as well. So mm. that should be forthcoming very shortly. Um, but yeah, no, great, great to be here, guys, and great to make the step up, mate. The best thing about that elevator pay scale is it's very easy to multiply by zero. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, rightio, boys. We'll get straight into the Premier League for this week, Potty. What do we got, mate? What were the results around the grounds? Spurs one 0 over Luton. Fulham 3-1 over Sheffield United. Chelsea 4-1 over Burnley. United 2-1 over Brentford. The Toffees 3-0 over Bournemouth. Nil all draw between Forest and Palace. Brighton 2-all two, uh, two draw with Liverpool. West Ooh. Ham and Newcastle also played out a 2-all draw. Villa and the Wolves a 1-all draw. And the Arsenal take down City 1-0. Oh well, some big results this week. Big right? results. What do you reckon, boys? I look. Let's go straight to Cozzy. I can't not go straight to Cozzy for his headline of the week. Cozzy, hit the ground, mate. What do you got? So the headline of the week: Rolls reverse. Man seek takes it up the ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, love it, love it, Cozzy. Yes. So it's been a big big morning over there in North London. Um, big win this morning, 1-0 up over the Man Centurions. Um, it's been a long time. It's been a bit of a dry spell. Um, it's been about, I think it was 12 games since we last knocked Ooh. off Man City. So you've got to, you've got to go way, way back. I think it's about seven or eight years since Arsenal's beaten Man City. And five years, I read today, since um, Man City have lost back-to-back games in the Premier League. Yeah, yeah, well, they've How lost three that? games in yeah. domestic concerts. That, yeah, those, you love those statistics, don't you? Yeah, and you look at it too, Potty, he was, they were very lucky to pull out a, a win in the Champions League during the week too. Like, they were one all right up to the last 10 minutes where they went bang, bang. But they missed Rodri. Has anyone watched... Watch them play without Rodri and that holding that DM role. They they just they look lost. Mm. So I guess it goes to show how important a DM, a good quality DM, is these days. Yeah, if you ask me, they could have probably suspended Rodri for at least six months for that. It was it was callous. <laughs> yeah, I can't even remember what he did, but it was callous. <laughs> I thought yeah, you might no, say. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, so I I looked at this game, boys. I did a big bit of uh, digging. Uh, with some stats for you, because I know how much you know, the listeners and you guys love the stats. But it's interesting, Bertie, you talk about Rodri, because a couple of weeks ago I was going to mention him and talk about him a little bit in his passing. So Rodri has, when you look at the stats across the Premier League, he does the most passes just about for any player in any team in the Premier League. And he's up there at about a 95% success rate. 
Now, you might look at that and you think, well, he's just knocking the ball around, you know, to the defenders, around the back line, whatever. But no, he also has the highest amount of balls into the box. So you've got a guy that's distributing the ball all over the park for Man City. And when I when I did a bit of, bit of digging, so Man City's win rate with Rodri, 74%. Without him, drops down to 55%. So he really has an effect on that team in the way he mm. plays. And nobody... That they've yet to find somebody to step up into that role and really do what he does. Yeah, well, it, exactly. You could you could tell just by because I actually did watch a bit of the game. You could just tell that they exactly they were missing that statistic. He just wasn't there to put the ball where it needs to go, and it nullifies it nullifies the the potency that they have up front. Hence, hence they didn't score a goal. Hence, they scored one goal uh, versus Wolves last week. And um, yeah, they, they, they are not the same team without him. But once again, much like talking about Everton, it gives a shit. <laughs> Look, I'm I'm just sitting back in my chair, just absolutely loving this, just kicking back. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, no, I was going to say there. You, you talked about um, their, their attempts and their their efforts on goal. So Erling Haaland. Failed to register a single shot on goal in the game. Mm. He's overrated. I told you guys. I told you he was going to struggle in the Premier League, guys. You heard it here. Eighteen months ago, you all laughed at me, but look at me now. And when you watched when you watched the game, um, there was a few chances. Man City had a few chances early on. They only registered four shots on target for the whole game, and they failed to get a shot away in the last forty to forty-five minutes of the game. So. When you, when you look at those stats alone, you think Arsenal dominated. But when you watch the game, they actually didn't. Like mm, When mm. I was watching the game, it had, it had a real cup final feel to it. You know, when teams go at it, there's a lot on the line, but they just don't want to We love it when you get romantic calls. Oh, mm. So maybe we're looking ahead to the FA Cup final in a, in a few months' time. Oh, I, didn't but... think, I didn't think City scored after 15 seconds, though, this time. Yeah, well, I was about to <laughs> remind myself of that. The, the, yeah, for me, a cup final is getting your pants pulled down after 12 seconds. <laughs> oh. And not enjoying it. No, no. Oh, well, you well, won't have to worry about that this year, Grego. Well, any time, uh, yes, City cop it from the arse. I'm all good with that. Happy days. Happy Potty, days. Potty, headline of the week, mate. What was yours? Big Andrew Spurs keep rolling. Ten oh, men, no problem. You do. Here we go. Yawn. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, they beat Luton. Yeah, so, you know, beating Luton, you know, I mean... Anyone could do it. It's Almost no, anyone. I mean, Luton were in form. <laughs> they were in form. They were in form. They haven't won since beating Everton. But um, anyway, um, look, you know, the reason I bring this up is uh, we, we spoke about um, Big Ange and taking over Spurs in the lead-up to the Premier League. He got a bit of a run on our um, Premier League preview. And now we're eight matches in. Spurs are on Top, top top of the league. Top of the league at the moment. And oh, about a month wow. about a month ago we, we said, Oh, you know, Ange Ball, all's going well, but they got a little bit of a tough month coming up. And, um, you know, we won't go into the, their last win in the Premier League because, you know, someone might just break down and cry. But, oh, um, well, we, we'll get into that. We'll get into that <laughs> further. Apparently we will get into it. But, um, yeah, so what do we think of Tottenham so far? I mean, I know you don't really want to talk about it, but what do we think, Oz? Yeah, um, they, they are going very well. Um, you know, they, they've got a solid team together that's just 
sticking at the moment. They haven't had to make too many ins and too many outs. I think a um, couple of defenders that have been injured. But um, I read a quote during the week that um, Chris, Christian Romero good was, yeah, very good player, rated by none other than Lionel Messi as the best defender in the world. So Is he Argentinian? Lionel Messi, he just happens to be, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's go. amazing how Lionel would come to such a conclusion, isn't it? <laughs> Heading into an international break, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hoping his mate gets picked in the team, maybe. Yeah. But, I mean, he, he, Lionel's probably seen a few defenders in his time, and so it's a pretty big rap. I mean, he's gone past a few. Yep. We'll, we'll give him that. Yep. Yeah. But, um, I, I, did you guys see the uh, the story, the, the, the big story that came out of the game? Uh, Kenilworth Road there in Luton yeah. um, got swamped by SWAT, the British version of the SWAT. Oh, did you know what? Yes, did you, you didn't catch that one? No, no, missed it, mate. No, well, uh, one of the Tottenham players got shot by a sniper on the edge of the box. Oh, oh yes. Went oh. down and got injured. They went down and got got sent off. So, yeah, the SWAT surrounded the stadium because there was a sniper <laughs> up in the stands. Come uh, on, yeah, look, taking out players. Come on, just let him take his red card for simulation and let's move <laughs> on. Let's not be a bit of gooner now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, but... Because he's just filthy because he thought there was a red deserved in uh, the Arsenal City game. Yeah, well... Oh, yeah, yeah well... Well, we did. We, <laughs> we skimmed oh, over oh, that, oh. didn't we? I mean, Kovacic, that was... <laughs> yeah, how does Curtis Jones get a red card, rightly so, for three weeks? And Kovacic can come in with his studs up. Yippee-ki-yay, oh. motherfucker. He did too, out. didn't he? Yeah. No, like, the second one wasn't as bad, but... I mean, the like, first one. He shouldn't have been there for the second one. <laughs> Let's be fair. I, I think yeah, we're all going to agree that he should have got red on the first. Yeah, and I think I can I can somewhat swallow the, the yellow card on the first one. I can swallow that more so than not getting a card for the second one, mm. if that makes any sense. Like, if you're going to do that and get booked and then turn around and do that again a short time later, come on, what, do you, what what's going on here? Like, and especially after that, as you said, Bert, or that Curtis Jones and or even Yota, Diego, it was a Diego Yota got his two yellow cards last yeah. and he just clipped the guy mm. running yeah. past him. Like, uh, it just yeah, baffles it was rash. me. Baffles yeah. me. Yeah, well, we could listen back to a last week's podcast and say that there might be a bit of a conspiracy theory happening to the team in red, but whatever. <laughs> oh, very good. Um, Berta, headline of the week, mate. My headline of the week is uh, not really a headline. It's more of a – it should be under the different category, but was Eric Ten Hag minutes away from being sacked? That was that's that I heard it. I listened to a thing on Optus Sports saying that if they don't pull those two late goals out of the out of the fire at Brent at Old Trafford against Brentford, was that in, in lieu of the Galatasaray during the week? Mm. Was that Eric Ten Hag with with volatile owners such as the Glazers? Was that his last game in charge of Manchester United? Uh, I'm going to say no, as the as the standing Man United fan here. Um, Volatile owners such as the Glazers, um, if if by volatile you mean they probably don't even know who Eric Ten Hag is, um, that's that's them. Yep, they. I mean they wouldn't even mate. If Eric Ten Hag got sacked, 
there would be a mutiny at Old Trafford because we know he's not the problem. You know, the, the players are out of form. There are players that are struggling at the moment. There's a lot of injuries and there's a lot of associated issues. But to say that he was moments away from getting sacked, I think that's a stretch. Well, that, I've just read in a couple of headlines from people that, you know, that are in, in the game that it, it, it wasn't even a whisper a couple of weeks ago, but now articles like that are starting to come out and, and, and grow legs. So you've mm. got to start to think there's some type of pressure on the manager because at the end of the day, Owners aside, he's got a, a team on the pitch that he's got to make perform, and they are just not. Yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, like I said, the the form has been terrible, but you know, I I'm very very reluctant to lump the majority of that blame on Eric Ten Hag. I, I mean, we got bigger problems than that, and the mm. owners, I mean, oh, their first cab off the rank. You know, if anyone I, needs I, to go, you know who needs to go, the Glazers. I did have a chuckle, Greg, out at the start of that game. The Old Trafford uh, faithful got into full voice, and I, I'm not sure of the song, but the the commentators actually made mention of that the uh, the fans are in full voice of uh, they're singing about the displeasure of the ownership. So I could imagine what oh, that song would be. This is like 30 seconds after kickoff. They're hated. They're hated, and they they continue to play a narrative as if, oh yeah, we we can't hear it, or we can't hear ya. Like, it's, it's crazy, but anyway. Yeah, they'll go one day. Hopefully tomorrow. Um, Mate, what are your headlines? Headline of the week. Headline of the week. The United of old. Memories of Fergie time. Now, speaking about Eric Ten Hag being minutes away from being sacked, how good was McTom Saucer's double on the weekend? I mean... You know, unfortunately, we had some disappointing news as a Manchester United fan. Valaker. Kathy Ferguson, uh, Sir Alex's lady, Kathy Ferguson, um, Sir Alex's wife, unfortunately passed, and um, you know on that day, obviously, McTominay, the Scottish youngster, comes and scores the two uh, to get United the win, and uh, in good old-fashioned Fergie time, as they used to call it. So um, yeah, obviously it's a, it's a big win. I, I'm not going to, you know, dodge the cold hard facts. Is that my my team's completely out of form? They're Playing poorly, um, you know. Anana is struggling. He's struggling. I'll, <laughs> I'll admit he, you know, he's he should have got a, a much better hand onto the and done a much better job with the the conceded goal. And you know there are some issues there. Casemiro was hooked at half time, so you know there are some issues there. But three points are three points, and and you would hope that. In the manner in which uh, we won the match, there there can be a bit of confidence drawn from that, a bit of galvanising of the squad. Everybody can can you know hook in and um, yeah and build from it. And what better than an international break to follow? Mm, the best, they're the best, aren't they? Um, yeah, Greg, yeah. Do, you, do you think um, uh, putting aside the fact that Harry Maguire set up? Yeah, and the assist for Harry Maguire. Like that just probably reinforces the point I'm about to make, but creativity, question mark, Manchester United, are they really lacking creativity at the moment and creating decent chances? Because their defenders have had more assists in the Premier League 
than their midfielders and attackers this year so far. Oh, you went down a different path there. I thought you were saying going to say that Harry has justified his price tag with that uh, assist. But um, now that you've mentioned <laughs> and gone down a completely different channel, um, look, mate. I mean, there's no secret that, um, you know, Bruno Fernandes does his best work and his best creative work when he's in the middle, and he hasn't been in the middle. There's a lot of injuries. Obviously, the the external stuff within the squad, whether it be Anthony, whether it be Jaden Sancho, those guys um, not being available for, for different reasons. Um, you know, it's, it's a a juggling act that Ten Hag's performing at the moment due to availability. Is Mason Mount's best position on the right? No, but that's where he's finding himself. If he's not available for it due to the lack of players available, Bruno's found himself out there. That's not his spot. You know, Casemiro's struggling. Do you then feel confident enough to stick a Mount or an Ericsson next to Casemiro whilst he's struggling? Probably not. You know, so there's a range of factors around there which are impacting the ability to pick an 11. And, um, you know, is that going to affect creativity? Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't disagree. Yeah, I think just watching some of their games, like they do move the ball around really, really well. But they, uh, yeah, there's just that creativity to create that good chance, you know, like you can create chances in Premier League. You can pump the ball into the box from 50 yards yeah. out. But those quality balls, like if you saw the Manchester United, I mentioned, uh, sorry, Newcastle United goals on the weekend and Kieran Trippier's assist mm. for one of Newcastle, that was top draw quality. Volleying the ball first time across the box after it come in from 30 yards away. Like, that's the quality you need in the Premier League. Mm. Yeah, and I agree. They're, you know, it's, it just doesn't appear to be clicking at the moment. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, when it came to the results on the weekend, um, it required a Harry Maguire to put his melon on it and McTominay to be in the right spot, and we'll take the three points. I had to check my prescription in my glasses when I saw that Harry Maguire had actually assisted for his own team, mm. and he hadn't played a part in assisting the other team's goal. I was like, that can't be, that can't be right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, hurting. <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, I've got a couple of headlines tonight. Uh, the second one is uh, Klopp. I demand a rematch. What do we think, boys? Like, I know I don't want to dig up last week's, you know, Tottenham debacle, but I definitely will. Um, Jurgen Klopp apparently asking for a rematch. There's what a do we difference think? between the word asking and demanding? Oh no, I think yeah, it was a demand. Look, I mean, in in the beauty of speculation, he demanded a rematch. Mm. What do I think? think um, there is a precedent for it. There has been some games where, uh, well, some, um, I know there's a famous one involving Arsenal and an FA Cup match uh, where they replayed the match due to controversial, um, a controversial event in the game. And and that's when um, Kanu was making his debut against Sheffield United and um, Sheffield United put the ball out of play because of an injured player. And when they threw the ball, when Arsenal threw the ball back in, Kanu, young Kanu, um, swept onto the ball, ran down the field, put it in the back of the net, and the Sheffield United players are just looking around, going, "What, what, what just happened?" You yeah, know, he cheated. And then, yeah, so Arsenal Wenger at the end of the game turned around and they replayed the game, and which fortunately for Arsenal they won as well. 
Well, there is precedent there. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Toddy, you can see right through me, I know. Now, <laughs> now let's let's be fair, Dinkum. It, you know, a, a rematch, it's not going to happen. It was never going to happen. But, I mean, we, we agree that, and we've all agreed that they got it horrifically wrong. But let's, if we're talking about rematches due to referee blunders or getting it wrong, the hand of God. I mean, <laughs> strip Maradona of his World Cup and replay it immediately. <laughs> Jersey Dudek mistaking the six-yard box for the goal line in 2005. Replay it. we got to replay <laughs> it. Henri's handball for France against Ireland. Ooh. What makes it worse is that France actually just completely capitulated at the finals due to a player rebellion as well, and Ireland was sitting at home just going, we could have done better. <laughs> you know, and... Are, sorry, Coz? Oh, I was just going to add another one there. Another FA Cup replay was um, played because in the year 2000, uh, first division side, Tranmere Rovers, mm. uh, they actually knocked out uh, Premier League at the time side Sunderland. So what had happened there, in, in uh, the uh, Tammy Rovers player was sent off in injury time. Yep. But as he was exiting the field, they replaced him with another player and the, yeah, the good officials move. didn't Tight know. Move. Yeah. <laughs> Tight move. <laughs> they, yeah. So the officials didn't notice it and they've gone on to win the game. Yeah. But then they've uh, called it back and had a replay. Yeah, that's a, it's a slick move, that one. Um, look, so now that we aren't just thinking that Tottenham are purely the wicked ones here, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm going to throw my club under the bus as well. Roy Carroll's howler at Old Trafford in 2005, also known as the Phantom Goal, where it hit him square in the middle of the chest and then went halfway into the goal before being knocked out by an embarrassed Carroll. Like, that was horrific. So my point I'm making is it happens. It happens... You know, there are things there, but the replay. No chance. Mm. Not per- perish yeah. the no. And it shouldn't happen. What what happened was good enough. They've now brought in a procedure where hopefully that can't happen again. Yeah. So I'm, 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 I'm happy with that. Like, let's let's be honest. It, like I said, we, we then played stupid enough to go down to nine men and left Matip on the field. So... We're a masters of our own fate there. Mm. And when we speak about wee Berta, um, the fi- that leads me to my final um, headline. Uh, mm. Does Berta even support Liverpool? He speaks passionately uh, about so, them. But... Look, I'm just going to uh, just, you know, forward the listeners a clip here. So if we just listen in, guys. That is cruising. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they cruise straight to, a, straight to a bloody huge defeat. But that's bumping the road. They'll be right. We'll be right and be back at the top four. Oh, a little bit of a slip there, yeah, wasn't there? Yeah, well, so we'll um, for those who missed it, <laughs> Berta was talking about Brighton's 6-1 defeat Aston Villa and slipped in a little, Brighton, we'll be back. Now, the question must be begged, ladies and gentlemen. Berta, did you celebrate Brighton's equaliser this morning? <laughs> No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> that was a significant pause. <laughs> they didn't get the wanted, they wanted to make sure that he had it right before oh, he did it. There was no celebration of Brighton's goal, but uh, Liverpool, I think we got our uh, just deserved back this morning. Did, did anyone see 
speaking of handballs, did anyone see Virgil van Dijk's handball in the box? That was a blatant handball, and it was a it was a square up because it should have been a penalty because mm. he had his arm he had his arm hanging out there like where it shouldn't be, and it hit him square in the hand. And nothing was done about it, so a, a draw was a good result in the end. Look, I was still rushing to the fantasy rule book, uh, looking to see whether um, Allison was going to get any assist points for. Um, <laughs> yeah, for uh, for his pass, back pass out. It was a good one, wasn't it? It was a beauty. Straight to Alexis McAllister, I think had four, three or four players on him. And then, yeah. But it wasn't actually Allison that did the back pass, Gregor. It was Virgil van Dijk. Yeah, no, but Allison passed it back. He passed it out and put him under pressure. Then it was just he a put, quick finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Assist. Enough. We'll call yeah. it an assist. No, de- definitely support Liverpool. Definitely didn't celebrate any Brighton winner. Uh, 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 sorry, equaliser this morning. Okay, just uh, just had to double check for the fans. Make sure they're aware. Um, I've got a bit of excitement due to my top four predictions. I was, you know, doubled down, got lost in the moment. Look, a um, few discussion points, boys. I don't know whether you've caught the Beckham documentary. If you caught the Beckham documentary, that's the big news in the football world from a social perspective this week. Did catch the Beckham documentary. Cozzy Birder, you catch the Beckham docker? No, I don't ever know how you know half this stuff comes out. Where do you find the time? Um, you got to be committed. I mean, you got to have your ear to the ground, mate. <laughs> Cozzy. Well, I've, I've got to watch it now with the top thing as the Spice Girls. Yeah, mm. well, the Spice Girls is, is heavily documented. Um, Cozzy once sung that on this podcast. Well. Yeah. yeah. Love uh, a bit of scary spice. Cosy, have you seen it, mate? No, no, no. Now, I know you guys aren't United fans, but I, I must say, and, and Potty's sort of, you know, he's an evident man, but um, it's a good it's a good watch, eh? It is a good watch. You, you forget about a lot of things. I mean, the Spice Girls, it got everyone interested. Um, you know, sat down the other day watching it with my wife, and she's like, oh, is this about the Spice Girls? So, <laughs> Pretty oh, much. We'll, we'll, we'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. why not? Uh, the other thing that it reminds you of, David Beckham could actually play soccer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. people, people get that right. Yeah, actually a, a handy player. The brutality that he copped from the media. Uh, oh. 90, uh, 98 World Cup. Uh, yeah, that, that was a bit harsh, Gregor. Yeah, it was, um, you know, obviously when you look at even now from – like you look at the old older times, you generally look at fouls and you look at simulation that and you go, oh, you know, yeah, that was pretty hard. Mm. That was so soft. Yeah. Unbelievably oh. soft, that, that you know, red car that he got for the lash out at Simeone. Yeah. No. You know. But Grego would have loved it because they talked about United back in the 90s. Oh, it was, it was brilliant. Yeah, talked about their glory days, had some of the old boys on there. Who'd they have on there, Grego? Well, the most concerning thing for me was um, obviously Eric Cantona came on and my wife asked me who he was. Oh, Leeds yeah. United great. Oh, mate. <laughs> Unbelievable. So I, 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 Mr. Imme- I immediately pointed to the door and said, you need to get out. Yeah, that's grounds for divorce right there, I'm afraid. <laughs> yes. So, um, you know, but the, the fallout from the red card, 
you know, obviously then turning around and coming back and being England's captain, you know, was, um, you know, it was obviously a big turnaround for that. Um, You know, the associated distractions and how that eventually brought to an end his relationship with Sir Alex Ferguson was really interesting to see that played out in the documentary. Um, You know, obviously Fergie was all football, Mm. you know, and, and, you know, David Beckham had, you know, a range of other things going on. But, um, you know, it was all business for Fergie. Um, But I think when you go back to the fallout from the red card, I obviously, as a United man, I loved how it highlighted Sir Alex Ferguson and his ability to, you know, wrap Beckham in cotton wool around that time. So obviously being in the, you know, having um, Sir Alex Ferguson as your manager at the time, you know, and him being it's us against the world and having that opinion, it was, you know, it was the perfect situation that Beckham needed to find himself in at the time. The environment was good for him. I think, um, but he grew up amongst that, that, I don't know whether you call it the golden generation. What, what was the, what was the term that Manchester United had for? The class of 92. Yeah, so he grew up amongst that and, and with some really quality players there that he, he was sort of the poster boy for that group. But, you know, those guys were doing some amazing things at the time. So he could, that shielded him a little bit. Yeah. I was going to say as well about that, your, your discussion point about the England and the, and the send-off. I think when you look back at England at that time, that was pivotal because they were really starting to make a mark on the world on the world stage. Like they'd struggled for a number of years there and, and hadn't performed very well. And then all of a sudden they had a team that was looking very good and should have won that game, mm. um, you know, and, and that brain fade from Beckham, like it just, you know, it, it, as you said, it just sent fans and supporters crazy because they knew that they had something special going on at that time. And, yeah. and they could have gone a long way in that tournament. Look, and as I um, like, obviously, I've I've always been on the periphery, periphery, and looked at it as a Man United fan. I've always wondered why there was such a a bit a toxic relationship between United fans and England fans, or you know, or the England national team. And this sort of fuels where it's come from, you know, because Glenn Hoddle threw him under the bus. You know, and it's played out pretty clear in that in that doc. Oh, he threw him under the bus like brutally. Yeah. So so basically, at that time, you know, and the fact that we had you know our Scottish manager who got behind him and said, basically, you're in my bubble, you're in my when you're in my net, nobody's going to get at you, and I'm going to use the the football club United to protect you, and and he did it brilliantly, but. Everywhere else he went, I mean, he was getting pelters. So, um, you know, I, I enjoyed that part of the story, but also, too, then, you know, the fact that it, it did come to an end. Obviously, they they dived into the boot-kicking scandal and, you know, it's, it was really, really interesting to see the calibre of people they were able to interview for the doco as well. So, you know, if you get a chance, you've got to check it out. Sounds good. Definitely worth a watch, lads. I mean, and that's only, that's only the start. I mean, and then it just continues to go on. Obviously, um, you know, the Real Madrid nightmare, the USA experiment, his loans back to AC Milan, PSG, 
and then obviously finishing up with his current situation as um, as the owner of Inter Miami. So it's a yeah, it's a really good watch. Mm. Not yeah. enough Spice Girls songs if I was to criticise no. something, but we will move on from but that. But you actually you <laughs> realise too that the Spice Girls were only together for two years. Yeah, like Jerry it's left. so quick. How you know the Spice Girls were massive, but geez, they came and went pretty quick. I mean, I don't forget it. It was heartbreaking. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, how did we get on with the Spice Girls? Oh, we man. seem to do that on this podcast more often than we should. Yeah, get on the Spice Girls. Yeah, well, love the yeah. Spice Girls. Um, Rightio, fellas. So we've we've had the big week in the Premier League, and obviously, you know, my side is just you know we've just got the engine churning now. We're ready to go. We're ready to kick on. And as I mentioned before, we've got an international break coming Ooh. up next week, um, guys. We are about to be. Provided with the delight of Wales versus Gibraltar on Wednesday night. Mm, be getting up. Get excited. Be getting up early for that one. But um, mm. in the feeding of department, we do have England versus Australia. The Socceroos are playing uh, England and also some, some other big hitting Pacific matches. Solomon Islands versus Vanuatu. You excited, fellas? Oh. Papua New Guinea <laughs> versus New Caledonia. New Zealand versus the Democratic Republic of Congo. Oh, Wow. That is a lineup, isn't it? That is just clear your Saturday and pop some popcorn <laughs> and just bloody hell. Oh, your seat for the so ship. we're all happy but, with the international break. Oh, but you'd have to have something on on a Saturday to clear it. So don't <laughs> worry about that. Oh, well, if not, I'll clear it. Well, I've got to mow the lawn. That takes time. Yeah. Mate, uh, so, but some, some World Cup qualifiers, the Comma Bowl, so the South American um, qualifiers are full, in full swing, as we discussed with Lionel trying to get Romero a, a jersey. Um, so, yeah, there are some heavy hitters in, in action in South America, but, uh, yeah, the rest of the uh, the world seems to be just going on that little friendly uh, spree. So I'd say there'd be a fair few players that are picking up some knocks this mm. week, I'd say, or might have got some on the weekend. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the England-Australia game just to see how far we've come. Like, it just takes me back to the Harry Kilmark Paducah oh, game where we, oh, where we thrashed them, came out, come from nowhere and thrashed them, what was it, 4-1 or whatever it was. And mm. It was only a friendly match, but, oh, God, that was good. I still remember that game. So, yeah, if we could turn around and do something the similar to that, um, you know, that would be magic, I reckon. Full and, strength. England team we beat then too. They had um, Arsenal legend Francis Jeffers up front. <laughs> the fox in the box. <laughs> oh. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, boys, um, you know, the we, we might catch a bit of international football on the weekend, uh, but most importantly, it gives us a week to to really sort of turn the screws on our fantasy team. So, Potty... <laughs> Fantasy football, mate. What's your tip of the week? Oh, mate, bit of fantasy. So um, the Toffees party may be over. Now, it was a very short party, but uh, Cozzy, uh, you know, Cozzy, a very reputable fantasy Premier League player, long history, as he's let us know about. And the winner of last year, he spoke Mm. a couple of weeks ago about maybe getting on some Toffees players because they had a decent run coming out. And they did cash in to somewhat extent. And so I'm suggesting that now with a harder run coming up, it might be time if you did make those purchases to dump those players. I mean, they've got um, they've got um, um, uh, Birders team coming up in a couple of weeks, and they've also playing Liverpool in a couple of weeks as well. So ah yeah. yes, well done, <laughs> good one, well done. <laughs> 
But that's not uh, the main reason you should dump them. Um, over the last uh, week, I've um, unfortunately for my beloved Toffees, I've put the um, the death nail, the final nail, perhaps in the, in their coffin for the Premier League this year. I've purchased a new jersey, which is in the mail. So, ah, yes. yeah, uh, championship bound now, no doubt that I've done that. So, uh, yes, happy days. And uh, finally, on the um, on the uh, fantasy tips, I hope nobody followed my triple uh, son captain last week. I certainly didn't. So <laughs> <laughs> hopefully no one did that. Oh, well, I shouldn't laugh. Yep. Uh, uh, my tip of the week, fellas, Marcus Rashford, the tribe has spoken. It's time to go. Um, yeah, he's just, I mean, Rashford's just not performing. So if you, if you can find something within... Uh, yeah, within your price range that you could maybe offload Marcus Rashford, I think the time might be now. It might have been about four weeks ago, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, in if you're looking for a bargain, um, Rasmus Hoyland, he is about to unleash. I mean, I may have gone a week early by making him my captain, but um, and he scored two <laughs> points, but... He is, he's about to hit his strides. Didn't he go about eight weeks early? Wasn't that your tip at the beginning of the year? Yeah, probably. But <laughs> he's, um like, he, I mean, he is a nightmare for defenders. And, you know, he's, it's been, I've been very, very happy with his start at United. Hopefully this can transition into the super coach realm, fantasy football. Cosy, what are you thinking, mate? Yeah, well, moving forward, I'm going to start with I'm going to keep a bit of a theme throughout my fantasy football tips from here on in because I've seen the way we tip and what happens after we make comment on this podcast and what happens to teams and what happens to players. So I'm, I'm leaving out Arsenal players. Um, just talking about Marcus Rashford, Grego said to get rid of him. They play Sheffield United this weekend, so I'm definitely keeping him in my side. So after Grego's mentioned to get rid of him. Um, I've still got Tarkovsky from Everton, so that'll be a toss-up whether I get rid of him. Uh, but I did listen to you last week, uh, Potty, and, and with your son, son prediction, and uh, had, had him at captain for about two or three days. But then I thought, no, the big fella, big blonde fella up front from Manchester City will break his goal drought, and I, I kept him as my captain. But that brings me to my tip of the week, and that is. Colonel Harlan's secret herbs and spices <laughs> been discovered by EPL defenders. Was Grego actually right? Oh, I think so. <laughs> so He's struggling. <laughs> I'm jumping on board here, and, and once again, there's a theme. So hopefully if I, if I pot him here, then, you know, he'll, he'll go bad. But no, time to offload Harlan. You know, they've got Manchester United and Brighton coming up in the next two games. Um, he, he, as I mentioned earlier, he's, performance on the weekend, not, not even one shot on target. Um, he's failed to score now in his last couple. So, yeah, uh, maybe it's time to offload him, bring in a couple of decent players and use the money somewhere else. Mm, wow. Well, big, cool. big call. Yep. Grego is loving this at the moment. Yeah. and uh, <laughs> It's good to be right. And uh, speaking of someone else who is loving it at the moment, Berta, I mean, you are just killing the Fantasy Premier League mm. at the moment, mate. What was it, 60 points over the weekend? Yeah, yeah. But did, did I just hear, right, that Grego was actually right about something in the Fantasy League? Can we just recap Grego's last two weeks and then determine how he could have possibly been right about something? But he finished with 27, lost to a guy that was not even playing, and this week actually tied with the guy that's not even playing. <laughs> and, well, that's improvement. And, Gozzi, have you gone nuts getting rid of Erling Harland? Like, 
you, you only you only beat Grego by two points for, for the guy that's not even playing, and you're telling everyone to drop Erling Holland. Like, are you, have you lost it? Might be a, so, might be time for a wild card, Berta. So might might well. Welcome to the sports is, detention, gentlemen. My <laughs> tip is don't listen to you guys about fantasy football, and I'm just going to go keep on doing what I'm doing. And that's not listening to anything on this show. But and the words Grego right, well, wow, that's just what that's a good shout, Bert. Eh? I'd be upset, but that's a pretty fair call. Mm. Oh, <laughs> very so well. Keep Harlan, keep keep Rashford is my tip. Everything you guys just said, reverse it. Done. Yeah, that's that's not a bad tactic either. I'm going to give that a go. Yeah, yeah, you know reverse card. <laughs> oh, so. Champions League, fellas, looking back at last week, I've, I mean, the past. I mean, it's ugly sometimes, but uh, United beaten by Galatasaray. Lons beat Arsenal. The big result was Newcastle 4, <laughs> PSG 1. Oh, here we go. Speaking of predictions, oh. uh, City 3. Just cue the sound bite now, can you? So no, no, no. I don't, no, get, no, I don't look, get anxiety waiting for it. Look, yeah. I'm not going to bully. Um <laughs> The team from Germany owned and funded by Red Bull, uh, they ended up on one. And uh, the other matches that we had a look at was uh, Real Madrid being Napoli 3-2, Dortmund and AC Milan, that obviously in that big group with Newcastle and PSG, played out a nil or draw. Lazio uh, beat Celtic 2-1, which was a really good game. And also, too, the one we looked out for, Union Berlin 2, but Sporting Braga got him. Uh, on the bell there, uh, three two. So, yeah, some some really good matches. But um, look, I wanted to pose the question to you guys: Is the penalty nonsense that we often see worse in Europe? Because I don't know if you guys saw the uh, the decision against Real Madrid, but Vic- Victor Osman, you know, gets shut down trying to play a ball back in by Nacho. He appealed for the corner. He won the corner, and he gives the referee the thumbs up going, beauty, I got the corner. And then he ends up with a penalty for handball because the ball bounced back and somehow collected Nacho on the arm. Like, what are we doing here? Yeah, it's... it's I don't know. That that didn't really affect the result in the end, but um, he, he did touch the ball in the box. Oh. It's a handball. Hand yeah, but Osman didn't even know. Like that's how quick it happened. It was, it was a, it was a contest in which the ball can, you know, it's it's a sphere. It can go anywhere, you know. And but it's, it's, it's yeah, yeah. I, I it's the arm with and it. the, it's the arm and the what is it? The arm in an unnatural position, which is is where it was. Oh yeah. Like that's why defenders and everyone goes in their bo- in the box these days with their that looks very odd. They've got their hands behind their back. Yeah, I mean, because that's natural. I mean, we all walk around with our hands behind our back. Well, you're not going to get hit by a handball, but your hands behind your back. So, I, I don't know. It's just... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I look, I struggle with it. I, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, I think um, you, ma- you make a point about the attacker not even knowing, you know, calling for a corner. and It's not obvious to him at the time. I don't think that's really that important because we don't want players only appealing if they think they're getting penalties, etc., etc. You know, we want penalties to come from penalties occurring. But when you watch the replay, like we talked about the unnatural position, like the guy's doing a pike 
and he's got he's got both hands above his head, diving in to stop the ball, and the ball comes up and it was going to go over his head, but because of his hands, so it would have fallen into a dangerous position with some players in the middle. So, yeah, I don't have so much of a problem with it. Like, um, like I think that's one of the ones where, yes, he's unfortunate, but too bad, so sad. Mm. Shit happens. At least, I didn't, at least I didn't get a goal not given to them that was clearly onside. Move on. <laughs> I thought we were letting that go. <laughs> uh, Newcastle United, guys, where do we see them finishing in Group F? Body? Uh, well, you know, I certainly see them getting some points, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to say they're going to finish on top after Berta wrote them off. They've had such a positive start. Cozzy? Uh, Newcastle, yeah, they'll keep they'll keep rolling. I think. Um, what have they got now? They've got four points, two games. It's that tight a group. I think you won't you won't need a huge amount of points to get out of it. You'll just need, obviously, one or two more than third and fourth, if that makes sense. So as long as they can, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't want to get too technical on the sports podcast on the EPL podcast. So, so you just need just, more points than uh, the two lowest teams. Yeah. That's just uh, one thank or you, two Captain more, Obvious. Just one or two more. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you don't need to be winning all your games in that group. So, mm. like, could you escape with potentially eight points? You probably could. You know, another win, another draw. That might see them through. I think, I think they're two results away from progression. So I, I think, you know, they, what they are going to have to do is they're going to have to get a point away, another point, and then rely on getting another good result at St. James to, to solidify yeah. it. And yeah, such a tight group. The others are beating or challenging each other, so they're taking points off everyone. There's no easy beats in that in mm. that group. Yeah, and and when you think about getting a result away, you've still got to go to the Parc de Prince and you've got to go to the the Yellow Wall. So mm-hmm. you know it's yeah. it's going to be tough. Not yeah. done yet. Um, Pedro. That's where that bloke went. So Spanish winger Pedro, he broke the hearts of Celtic fans with the winner for Lazio at Celtic Park. That was a good match. It was a good one. I am I think Celtic would be so disappointed to not pick up the points there, you know, or even, you know, a point. A, a point, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I was actually surprised when, uh, yeah, when Pedro scored. I was like, oh, that's where he went. Mm. Yeah. Um, Berlin Wall collapses. So the defensive one, that is, guys. Um, Union Berlin conceded three second-half goals um, that saw their 2-0 advantage evaporate against Sporting Braga. They started off like a house on fire, Union Berlin. And they're playing at the Olympic Stadium, so not their stadium that they have Christmas carols at. Um, But, (laughs) I mean, they started off on fire and, you know, you thought it could have been 10, but then, yeah, obviously... Um, Braga sort of rallied and come around, and they ended up, you know, scoring in the last moments of the game to take the win, which is a bit of a kick in the guts for Union Berlin because you're going. This was the opportunity. We spoke about it on the sports attention last week, where we looked at this being an opportunity for them to have a really good European night, and they've missed out. Yeah, well, that was an injury time winner. Mm. Um, yeah. So yeah, heartbreaker. Once again, you don't want those ones at home. It's, that's a tough pool to get out of, Real Madrid and Napoli. So, Yeah, and I don't think they were ever anticipating to get out of it. I think it was more mm. so that this could have been a really good European night for the history books. 
they finished if they finished third in that pool, they'll probably come up against some, you know, lower league sides like Liverpool or West Ham in the Europa <laughs> League. So maybe yeah, like their chances down there a bit further down the track. Well, I mean, you never know. Um, look, laugh it up. Speaking of Liverpool, um, and and before we go into any predictions around the Champions League, I actually got some recording from um, from Berta. Like, I got some recording out of his vehicle. I mean, I will go to the nth degree for um, you know content for this podcast, but I was able to set up a bug in his car as he drove to work this morning, and listen to the music he was listening to. <laughs> Just loving the Europa League anthem. That is a pretty anthem, that is. Yeah. No. Oh, and it's going again. <laughs> now, apologies to the listeners at home. You're going to have to listen to the whole thing now. <laughs> <laughs> Technical difficulty. I just double pressed the button. <laughs> anyway, let's hear it out, guys. <laughs> Can't you hit That's what got it going for the second time. There you go. Technical oh, wow. difficulties, but it worked. Okay, so we love predictions here. Let's have it, boys. Early Champions League winner predictions. What do we reckon, Potty? Bayon, perhaps? Bayon? Yeah. Who are they? <laughs> Bayern Munich, sorry. Um, sorry, I was uh, in another world. I wasn't thinking you were coming to me first. Look, um... Are they oh, the ones, is that the fly spray, Potty? <laughs> 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 what, what was that fly spray? <laughs> uh, look, I would have said City last week, but um, but Berta talked me into them being a little bit shaky over the last um, couple of weeks. They've lost a couple of Premier Leagues in a row, first time in five years, and um, didn't do, do, do too well um, or got away with points. But, yeah, Grego's lost it. <laughs> Yeah, Cosy, you're talking about Bagon. 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 Very good. Uh, okay. I, look, I've got Real Madrid. <laughs> They're something else. They are absolutely something else. And Jude Bellingham playing in that false nine, is he's on fire. Cosy? Yeah. Uh, oh, my, my, obviously Arsenal to win the Champions League, but... Um, in a perfect world, play Bayern Munich in the final, not Bayern, Bayern, Bayern Munich. Uh, and uh, one H. Kane shits the bed and uh, <laughs> Arsenal, <laughs> the, the, the uh, cup nightmare follows him to Munich and Arsenal run right. Mate, Jeez, you really you don't, painted a picture, yeah. haven't you? You don't hold a grudge, do you, mate? So you still want Tottenham to lose, even though they're not playing. I love it. Absolutely <laughs> love it. Right, Alberta, who you got, mate? Same as you, Grego. Real Madrid with Jude Bellingham. Like, every time I turn on a Real Madrid highlight, it's just that guy knocking in goals for fun. Mm. Um, somewhat cheaper than um, Casino, too, which is an interesting fact. Um, yeah, for for the Fenway Sports Group. Yes. But, um, yeah. 
Speaking of grudges, <laughs> I'm not bitter at all. I just, you know, he he would he, he like I love giving away generational talent. Like fuck it, we don't. I don't want him. Yeah, yeah. Um, right, yeah. The final piece of news, uh, gents, before we wrap it up, the FIFA World Cup 2030 has been announced. Spain, Portugal, and Morocco have been named as hosts um, for the finals, but additional matches played in South America to commemorate the centenary of the World Cup competitions. Um, so essentially played over three continents. What do, you, what do we reckon? What do you reckon, Berta? I, I love it. It's, it's the world game played across the world. Like There's going to be obviously... Um, people worried about the, the travel, but I'm sure they'll try and figure out something there in regards to having to skip continents. Mm. But yeah, I've got yeah, no no dramas with it. Like to yeah to commemorate the centenary of the competition in South America, absolutely. And then it's kind of based based in Europe. So yeah, I think it's great. We'll we'll get to see all parts of the game. So 2034 still up for grabs. What do you reckon, boys? Body. 2034. Well, is Australia putting in? Well, there's there's whispers around. Off the back of the Matilda success? Ooh. I mean, the Olympics is um, in Brisbane. When? Is it? 2032. So, you know. We have the infrastructure. Infrastructure yeah. floating about. I've got some thoughts on this, boys. Like, I think a joint bid, Australia is the way to go. Um, and I really think a joint bid with Solomon Islands. Ooh. We could really cement us the World Cup because we know how much we, Potty, you just mentioned about infrastructure. Um, you know, Solomon Islands have a, a fair bit of infrastructure going on with China, um, building a few bits and pieces there <laughs> at the moment. So maybe, maybe we can talk to our Chinese important. friends. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we can talk to our Chinese friends because I know they've got the uh, transportation. Uh, availability there with a few airports that they're building and things like that. So, yeah, maybe a joint bid could be on the cards there. Australia-Solomon Island, 2034. Watch this space. Fantastic. You won't hear from us, though. We've just been cancelled. Oh, mate, you're <laughs> mate, like a duck on a hot tin roof with that one, Cozzy. Um, look, I'm going to go, look, I'm going to break your hearts, lads, and I don't wish to finish the, the podcast on what could be deemed a negative, but down the path of conspiracy theories, you know 2034 is already settled, don't you? Yeah. It yeah, is going, Saudi Arabia it is going to Saudi Arabia. There is no way. Now, FIFA are the kings of spin. Now, these wankers are going to go around there and they're going to go Spain, Portugal, Morocco. Look, I think we think it's just a fantastic joint bid which is going to, you know, service the people of Northern Africa. It's going to tickle the ball bag of Europe. We're going to – it's all good. But you know what? We'll even wet the beak of South America with a couple of games to celebrate the centenary. What a great idea, guys. What do you reckon? What does that do? That carves out every single continent other than Asia, which just leaves open the floodgates for Saudi Arabia with their bags of cash and their Project 2030 to go and have their World Cup. It is the biggest spin exercise you have seen come out of FIFA, and they're pretty good at them. Yeah, that's saying a lot. It is done. 
It is as done as anything, and they have done, they've manipulated this. So the USA get their World Cup coming up, Canada, Mexico, and then Europe, North Africa, a little bit of South America. Oh, where do we have to go again, guys? Well, we were just there this World Cup. Well, we better go back to Asia. It's their turn. Saudi or Arabia. Oceania, you know, you know that. Yeah. That's why, that's what why about the, the, yeah, the Congo as well. <laughs> They're in Africa, the mate. Coming up, <laughs> the, Look, if you're suggesting a joint bid between Saudi Arabia and the Solomon Islands, I, you know, let's make it happen. <laughs> but you know, I I can't look. Oh. I'm I'm not even going to fall for the nonsense. Australia, put your wallets back in your pocket. Don't even bother. Saudi Arabia yeah. have got it. Like, yeah, yeah. And they it's just it. more medicine for the football fan to drink from FIFA. Yeah. It's as soon happening. as you know, Saudi Arabia were looking at uh, co-hosting with uh, Greece and Egypt. In, in going up for that 2030 World Cup. But as soon as they've announced, you know, this, this joint mess or whatever it is, mm. um, they, they've just, yeah, as you said, they've got enough pull-up stump, sorry, Greece, sorry, Egypt, we're going 2034, we're going it alone. So yeah. it's, it's, as you said, it's on the card, it's, it's under the table, it's all, it's all those things, it's brown paper bags, it's, you know, Allegedly. 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 uh, Briefcases left in hotel rooms. Allegedly. 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 Um, Look, and at the end of the day, if you're getting into bed with Greece, give yourself an uppercut because I tell you what, the Athens 2004 Olympics (laughs) and the the way that that all those resources have just deteriorated to nothing, I mean, I can't see how the Greek... The Greek citizens were going to cop that on the chin. <laughs> but anyway. Well, guys, we're done. We've done anything to add before we finish up? I'll throw it over to you, fellas. No, I, I managed to um, uh, catch a good game during the week, the final of the Copa Libertadores. Oh, sorry, semi-final of the Copa Libertadores. So, Boca Juniors. Um, hmm. Going back there, because he's out. He left. He didn't want to hear what I had to say. He left the left call. Oh, he's dipped out. Right. We'll, just, we'll just forget about that. Then we'll talk about the Copa Libertadores next time. Oh, good. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that's going to be the end of our, our first football show. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you very much for joining us. This will be a continued uh, experience, the uh, the Sports Attention Football Show, for you to enjoy each week, weekly basis. We'll drop out an episode with the crew from Potty, from Berta, from Cozzy, who's no just want to send a quick, a quick. Uh, uh, Cozzy said, "Sorry, boys, I just dropped out. No, no battery." So Cozzy says goodbye to all the loyal listeners out there. Yeah, he can get. He obviously doesn't care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the Sports Attention Football Show. Until next time, we say good night and farewell. So you're telling me there's a chance? Uh, wrong button. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.